This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Subscribe to the Astros podcast. Joined by Justin Verlander getting the ball on opening day. Steve Sparks here, and I'm with Lance McCuller. Tons of interviews. Robert Ford joined by Michael Brantley. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa returning to the lineup today. Highlights. That is line in the right field, and that's going to get down for a base hit. High and deep, and it's gone. A grand slam. Follow your favorite team. Subscribe to the Astros podcast. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute Park. <laughs> For the H. They never said it would be easy. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Well, welcome to our Astros podcast. I'm Robert Ford with Steve Sparks. You're used to hearing us around this time doing spring training games. Fortunately, we're not in the same locations. We're all at home right now. Steve Steve is bored, so he said, Hey, let's all let's all do a podcast and let's see what happens. So I'm glad Steve was bored because none of us are. Well, if bored means I miss Robert Ford, then count me in. Because <laughs> uh yeah, we're bored and, and we miss talking about baseball. So we're just gonna throw something out there, see if anybody likes to listen to it. If you do, just uh hang on. We're gonna we're gonna have a few guests. Blummer's with us today and uh think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it should be. And uh, let us know what you think. You can email us at radio at astros.com. You can also tweet us, uh, the Astros Radio Twitter account, if you're on Twitter. Let us know what you've been doing during this time. Let us know what you've been watching, what your family's been doing, and how you've been handling uh, the, the lack of, of Astros baseball right now. And also, too, wanted to say, you know, before we get going, uh, we know, obviously, there are a lot more important things happening in the world right now and a lot bigger concerns. And we're hopeful that uh, this uh, maybe is a, a bit of a distraction from that and is something a little different. But we certainly recognize uh, everything that's going on in the world and the people who are suffering, especially with coronavirus or suffering because of the effects of of this pandemic. And we certainly don't want to take that lightly, but uh, we, we certainly hope that we can uh, Provide a little bit of comfort right now and certainly look forward to, to you guys comforting us during this time as well. And with no further ado, let's uh, let's bring in Jeff Blum. Blummer, I'm sure you've been like Sparky and me, pretty idle, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, I've seen some of your uh, Instagram stuff, <laughs> uh, and it definitely looks like, you you know, you and your family got trapped in a cabin in the woods for a long time. Is that pretty accurate? Does it feel like that? That's exactly what it feels like. Uh, it, you know, it's good to be talking about uh, just how we're doing and trying to get our voices out there to the masses, because I know that there, there's a big piece of our lives missing. I know that you guys were interrupted rather quickly down in spring training, actually working some games and then got the complete shutdown and have to come home a little bit. Whereas I worked my three games earlier and everything I was doing was to get ready for the season. So there's an internal clock inside me that's kind of freaking out a little bit. And I think that's what you're starting to see on Instagram for me is, you know, I've got some pent up energy that I need to let out. And unfortunately my kids happen to be in the way of that every once in a while. And, uh, 
you know, I had the, the, the tongs out pinching everybody on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I'm trying to stay as loose as I can and give a lot of the fans what, you know, not necessarily what they want or what they need, but just something to distract them from the chaos that is going on right now and give them a little sense of normalcy with my not so normal uh, home life <laughs> if, uh, as it currently is, man. How have you, how have you been holding up? Um, you know, it's been interesting. My, uh, my daughter's actually in the Grand Canyon this week because this is the spring break week and they, they still decided to make the trip and so uh i've been by myself uh until until she gets back in town this weekend um so yeah it's been pretty quiet uh it's it's actually gone better than i thought i would to be honest with you um but uh yeah a lot of uh a lot of like a lot of people netflix and i'm kind of glad i didn't get rid of cable tv because that's come that's coming handy um and uh <laughs> trips to the supermarket to see to see what's there how about how about how about you steve you know I, it's funny because everybody all of us are in kind of different stages with the the ages of, of our kids so blummer your kids are in high school robert's daughter's uh still uh before middle school and, and my kids my last kid is in college so uh, we're at different stages right now for us it, my wife and i were playing a lot of cards we're reading a lot we actually just got back from florida just monday night because we were waiting around uh, to, to see what was going on with the games. And uh, once things got uh, uh, canceled and decided, then uh, we got our flight to, to come back Monday night. So we're getting into the, the flow of what to do around here. Everybody's in, in a, in a wait-and-see mode right now, trying to get as much information as we can, but trying to do our, our due diligence and our part uh, to do what uh, the government says to do to, to help this epidemic slide by as quickly as possible. I have been a fan at home watching and listening to you guys during spring training, listening to the games. I want to know what was going on behind the scenes, if you can let any of those secrets out and kind of give us an idea, you know, fans at home who are listening to you guys on a daily basis until they actually shut the season down. Did you guys have any idea that this was coming, that they'd actually shut it down? Well, you know, I, it was pretty crazy. So, you know, Wednesday night, Wednesday there was a game, uh, and, and Steve was off. I did that game with Dominic Contronio, one of the broadcasters with the Corpus Christi Hooks. Uh, and uh, that night, I uh, had an Astroline show with Josh James. Me and uh, Mike Coffin, also a broadcaster for Corpus Christi, hosted that show. So that was game Wednesday afternoon. Do Astroline at Duffy's in, in downtown West Palm Beach Wednesday night. And then after the show, there were quite a few Astro staff members who had come come out to uh, Duffy's and we were all hanging out after the show. And that's where we were when we found out that, you know, Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, uh, tested positive for, for the coronavirus. And then shortly thereafter that, we saw that the NBA had suspended its season. Um, and so, of course, we're all, we all start talking about, you know, what might happen next and, and what baseball might do. So that was Wednesday night. Thursday was an off day for the Astros in spring training. Um, and then Thursday afternoon was when Major League Baseball announced that uh, the rest of spring training, at least for now, was going to be going to be postponed. Uh, and so then next thing I know, Thursday afternoon, late Thursday afternoon, I'm on a, a phone call to book a flight back to Houston. And, you know, by Friday night, I was in Houston. So, I mean, when you think about it, you know, Wednesday, uh, p baseball is being played. Everything is about as normal as it can be, although we're aware of the threat. And by Friday evening, I'm back in Houston. To go back to a little bit before that, when, when we're getting a sense of, of Dusty Baker starting to really get a good feel for some of the personalities 
of his players. That's what I was noticing more than anything else because he's the one we had the most contact with. Um, a lot of the players, you know, the clubhouses were, had already been quarantined to to an extent where the 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 media and the press were not going inside, but uh, they they were dealing with Dusty outside and, and getting the, an update every day. I just felt like he was a lot more comfortable each and every day, and uh, he was a, a great delegator. You know, uh, there's a lot of coaches that he has on his staff that already know his personnel blummer so well that I think he was really smart to to lean on the Joe Espadas and the Brent Stroms, uh, the Alex Centros, those guys to, to try to help navigate spring training to make things as fluid as possible for the players. Yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. Um, and it definitely seemed like he was getting a lot more comfortable. Dusty was. Um, I mean, obviously, there, there are a lot bigger concerns for baseball and for the world right now. But uh, certainly that's something that uh, the you know the dynamic has changed in that regard. I mean, obviously, Dusty can still get to know his players, but it's just going to be a little different right now with all this uncertainty about about what's what's happening. Uh, you know, for for you, Blummer. I mean, obviously, you played for a few different managers. Obviously, Dusty came in in, in rather unique circumstances. How how would that process go for you as a player in terms of just getting to know a new manager and? wanting not only getting to know them but having them getting to know you yeah it's probably the latter that's more of an issue is trying to get to know some of the players and especially myself because it's it's interesting you know i really believe that there are like three phases of your big league career you know when you're early on in your career you're trying to impress everybody you're trying to be on your best behavior and then you get to that middle portion of your career where you know you're a solidified major leaguer so you're a little more relaxed you're a little more outgoing and entertaining and then you get a little more salty towards the end of your career where it not so much matters who the manager is or who your coaches are it matters of you going out there and performing up to your capabilities before eventually you have to uh, be run out of the game because there's somebody younger faster stronger but you know i can relate this to an opportunity that i had when i came back to the astros in 2008 and cecil cooper became the manager over the offseason after being an interim manager when uh, phil garner got fired and i talked to brad osmus over the offseason i said hey what do you got on coop and he said great guy good manager and that kind of dictated how i was going to go about my free agency because the astros ed wade at the time was the gm and he was very interested in having me over there so i reached out and got tried to get an understanding of cecil cooper but a funny story is in meeting cecil cooper for the first time in spring training after i agreed to sign with the houston astros in that spring is that cecil cooper calls me in his office and he, we're trying to iron out because i was a veteran guy at the time and he was doing me a lot of respect in the sense that he was going to try and map out my spring training and give me some time off when the family was in town and as we're going through this i introduced myself you know i said hey jeff blum nice to meet you cecil you know everything's going great and uh we go through the process of the meeting and he's he's a little closed off at the time and i you know you guys know me well enough to know that i'm going to try and loosen things up a little bit <laughs> so i said all right see so i'll talk to you you know uh, later in the day thanks for the conversation he grabs my hand as i shake it to go away back when we could still shake hands and he says hey call me coop and i said Okay, see, so I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Walked out the door. I thought it was kind of fun. I thought it was kind of funny at the time, but I, I don't know if that left uh, you know an impression on him or not. But uh, we, we had a decent you relationship. Went, you went through the transition from good behavior as a youngster to bad behavior as a salty veteran, Blummer. No, yeah, right? salty veteran pushing the envelope. Right. Our first thought goes to the starting pitchers 
for the Astros, how this could be an advantage. Jeff, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, I know that uh, that's probably the biggest conversation in spring training is how is that rotation going to fill yeah. out? And some of the questions were around uh, Justin Verlander. We heard at first it was a lat injury that was going to scratch him from a couple starts until the and probably not even make the opening day start. And then this coronavirus breaks out, and we find out that Justin Verlander has had surgery on a groin injury. So I think you know there might be a silver lining when baseball gets back at it that uh, it allows a guy like Justin Verlander, who's obviously mm. the ace of your staff, that's able to heal up and potentially get back out there and you know, quote unquote, not miss any time. But I think there's a couple other names out there that are really interesting to me as far as we were worried about innings pitched. And that was Lance McCullers Jr. fresh off his Tommy John surgery was how many innings was he going to be able to pitch in a 162 game season, where if you do play a shortened season, I think it it encourages us that we'll see him a little more frequently and maybe into a playoff situation. Mm -hmm. And and then Jose Urquidy. Urquidy was a guy that, uh, you know, we had concerns about him last year being a couple years removed from his Tommy John surgery, and now we can say, oh, okay, we can get 150 innings out of these guys if it even takes 150 to get through a season, and that's where I think it kind of helps out the Astros maybe having this uh, season pushed back a little bit, and then whoever fills in that fifth spot is obviously a guy that's going to be ramping up, trying to extend himself to be able to last deep into ball games, and I think it really helps the Astros as far as uh, what could possibly be uh, something positive coming out of this mess right now. Yeah, the fifth starter, there was three pitches pitchers vying for that fifth starter spot and all three of those pitchers were going to be on a reduced innings pitch count uh, so it's going to help you know maybe four or five different spots in the rotation yeah and also another point and i know y- you and i have talked about this steve you know you talk about josh james and austin pruitt and, and framber valdez who had been competing mm-hmm. for that for that fifth spot uh the fact that when the season does resume and there's precedent for this uh, both in 1990 when the lockout shortened spring training and also in 95 uh, after after the the baseball strike in 94 95 was for you know the beginning part of the season teams were allowed to carry a few extra players and a lot of it was for extra pitchers to allow uh, the pitchers so to, to get ramped up slowly and so that teams didn't feel like they they really had to push their starters early on when they didn't have a full spring training. So I think it opens the door for, for James Valdez and Pruitt all to, to potentially make the team, depending on, you know, whether it winds up being a 27, 28 uh, man roster to, to start the year. Yeah. I, I, when you lose a Wade Miley, Jeff, and, and you lose a Garrett Cole out of your rotation, that's so many innings that are going to be have to have to be covered by other pitchers. I just felt like the Astros were a little thin coming into spring training and nothing really showed me during spring training that they were going to be able to cover those very easily. I mean, there's certainly candidates with Abreu and uh, there's some other guys, but you know, you would, you know, best case scenario would like to get them more seasoning down in the the minor leagues and get their innings ramped up uh, to where they can come into a season, you know, to to take care of things if there's injury or something like that. Yeah, that's always going to be the question. I think we just need to settle in as Astro fans and broadcasters is understanding that, you know, we have to look at Wade Miley and Garrett Cole as innings because it's going to be virtually impossible to try and replicate what Garrett Cole went out there and did and what Wade Miley, for the, you know, for that matter, did for five out of the six months. Granted, September was not a good month for Wade Miley, but it was very similar to what Mike Fires did in, you know, 2017 when he pitched so well and gave him a good five strong months and helped that rotation out. How do you cover those innings pitched? And I agree with you guys in the sense that there is, it is 
a little bit thin coming in, but I think if Brent Strom, who I think all of us have the utmost faith in, that he can be able to figure out and get some of these guys mentally and physically right to go out there and cover some of those innings, it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to be that bridge in the bullpen. I think it's interesting that Brad Peacock was pulled out of that fifth uh, spot uh, competition because he could be a bridge guy. I think uh, Brian Abreu, who's a he looks like just an absolute phenom in this spring training until uh, yes. everything stopped. But he's a guy that could go out there and give you two solid innings and really get you to the back end of the bullpen where you do see guys like Joe Smith, uh, Roberto Osuna, Ryan Presley, some of those wipeout guys to be able to set up situations maybe later in the rotation where you may not get those innings that you're losing when you lose a guy like Garrett Cole and Wade Miley. You know, you guys, you mentioned Brad Peacock, who right before spring training was suspended, had started, he threw, he'd thrown his first bullpen because uh, he had been set back a little bit early in camp. How much do you think, uh, Blummer, it'll benefit Brad Peacock? Because it seems like this year is the first time where Peacock has gone into spring training knowing that uh, he's going to be a reliever. Because in the past, it's, well, let's stretch him out, and then you know we know we can use him in both roles. And you think about the health issues he, he had, particularly last year. How much do you think will help Peacock potentially just knowing that, all right, I'm a reliever, even if he's a multi-inning guy, knowing that that's going to be his role as opposed to going back and forth? I think it's going to benefit him because baseball players and I would imagine pitchers more so are a little more routine oriented and it's all about knowing your role. It's about what to anticipate throughout the course of the season so you know how to prepare yourself because the better prepared you are, the better you're going to perform. And I know that goes across the board for position players, front office people, anybody. If you're prepared, you're going to be able to put yourself in a good place to go out there and perform. And I think Brad Peacock is an interesting case in and of itself because you're right. He was one of those guys that was highly versatile, able to give you a couple of spot starts if necessary. He was able to go long in uh, out of the bullpen. He was able to go out there and close games when he's right because he's got such good movement on that slider to keep both sides of the plate uh, off balance. But he's a guy that kind of pitched himself into this role that he's created for himself, being able to be that guy that can be extended out of the bullpen and come in in high leverage situations. And he has perfected it. And I think that's really going to benefit him moving forward later in his career or even this season because now he knows how to prepare for that because he's done it now for a full season last year. And he's done it even further going back into those uh, 17, 18 seasons where he's had to be that versatile guy. But I think he's got a real good idea of his ability and how to get ready for it. And I'll say this, Robert, one more thing about the Peacock situation. I think that particular role has more value for the Astros this season than it has the last couple of seasons for reasons we, we talked about earlier, uh, trying to limit some of the, the pitch counts of pitchers and their starts, uh, at least through the first you know, 50, uh, 75 games of the year. Because you want to keep the innings down for Lance McCullers, Jose Arquiti, maybe even Verlander coming off surgery. Uh, things like that. I think guys like Peacock, Davinsky, and maybe it's an Austin Pruitt or, or Framber Valdez, whoever, uh, those long relievers are more valuable this year than they have been the last few years. Kind of like Scott Feldman. I don't know if you guys remember this two or three years ago, but Feldman played a role for a couple of months during the season that helped propel the Astros uh, to playoff contention just for, for being a, a re long reliever. Uh, I think it was him and Peacock kind of alternating for a while. They were the most valuable pitchers on the team. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a very good point. Um, and there's something I, I wanted to ask both of you guys, Blummer and Sparky, both being former players. And I know Steve, you dealt with this a little bit. 
since you uh, you know you were you were around for the ninety four ninety five strike, you know major big league debut in ninety five. Blummer, I know you weren't in the big leagues yet when that strike happened, which is kind of the closest comparison to this. But uh, I'll start with you, Blummer. Going back to take 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 your mindset back to being an active player and something like this happening where. The spring training's been suspended. What are some of the things you guys would do to right now if you were if you were an active player just to to prepare for you know basically the the unknown at this point? I think that's the biggest difference in all of these situations is the unknown. I, I think with a labor strike or a labor issue, you know that there is going to be eventually a season and you can actually put a timeline on it once you start to come to terms with the CBA and you're able to work forward. And it was interesting for me in 94, because I got drafted in 1994 and then the strike happens. I mean, it was right around that draft time. And then you head into spring training, but I'm around the big leaguers when they start to filter back in and watching them speed things up, get a two-week spring training in before they started their season, I believe on April 25th, you know, being a young impressionable player at that time everything i was heard everything i heard was don't cross the line you know don't be the guy that uh, crosses the picket line and takes advantage of a situation where other players are going on strike to make our futures better but the one way i can relate to this is in 2001 when the 9-11 tragedy happened and we were you know we uh, canceled that portion of the season. We, we postponed it and we actually had meetings and found out that we were actually just going to move the season back a week so that we knew the season was going to end one week later. But that was actually a finite situation where they made a decision and said, this is the day. That's where this situation is so much different and so much more fluid. So I think that's where all of these guys are gauging their either the rehab or the maintenance on their swings or their arms. When they do eventually allow them to come back and play, they will be ready to go at a moment's notice because they're going to want the season to ramp up pretty quick. That might be the most frightening thing. But at the same time, in 2001, when they sent us home for a week, uh, you know, we went back up into Montreal and we were supposed to work out at the uh, Big O Olympic Stadium, but they were having a Supercross. So they shipped us to Ottawa for a week. And I worked out in uh, Ottawa for a week until we started the season again. Mm -hmm. And us, us coming back in 1995, it was just like you said, Robert, they kept an extra two pitchers on the roster for the next, the first two weeks of that season in 1995. And that's actually how I made the, my first major league roster was because of the inclusion of those two extra pitchers. Uh, so it worked out and a couple of guys ended up getting hurt. Uh, in, and after that two weeks, uh, I was kind of the odd man out to stay on the roster. So it works in some people's favor and some it doesn't. But I think a lot of these players, since they were in spring training, are going to have a leg up. It's not going to take as long, and it's not going to be as detrimental to somebody's health to, to get ready for a season because guys have been uh, so far along in their, their pitch counts and, and ramping up their innings and kind of getting used to things. If you remember back then, 1995, the season ended in August of the previous year. So that was that was six months off that they had at that point when they started again. So before I think before we, we part here, I think – we uh, we need to each have uh, let the listeners know if we have any uh, Netflix or Hulu or any other recommendations of <laughs> movies, TV shows, documentaries that you've discovered uh, um, 
during this time and probably will continue to, to discover. I have some, but I'll let you guys start. All right, let Blummer tell him about Saved by the Bell. <laughs> hey, dude, don't knock Zach. <laughs> Just as long as it's not Saved by the Bell, the new class. That was brutal. Oh, yeah, the new class is not good. I'm with Robert on that one. You know what? I wish I could say that I was a heavy uh, movie TV watcher guy. That's what I saved most of my road trips for is when we're right. on the plane to download some of those seasons and catch up. So I wiped through Game of Thrones last season. Uh, this season, uh, you know what? I've actually just started Counterpart, and I can't remember the dude's uh, name. Uh, he's the guy that does the commercial for State Farm, I believe it is. Bald dude. You'll bring yeah, it. right. Well, that's that's your era, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can go ahead and hang out with the king and I. I'm, I'm watching, but the show is called Counterpart, and I believe it's on Prime Video. And it was it's been a great show. It's kind of it dual these all the characters get to play like an alter personality. It's it's a really interesting, fascinating kind of sci-fi kind of show. But um, I'm actually reading books. If you're into books, Vince Flynn writes a great uh, series about a uh, CIA CIA agent named Mitch Rapp, which I'm almost uh done with that series that's what i've been doing is trying to read a bunch okay i, I read shoe dog recently by phil knight the uh, uh ceo and founder of nike which was unbelievable that shoe dog was an unbelievable book i would recommend that to anybody and some people will like this netflix selection some people won't uh but it has been two of the four seasons have been ranked by a lot of sites as some of the best television of all time and the show's called Rectify. It's kind of slow, Ever. but it's about a guy getting out of uh, prison for being uh, uh, wrongly accused of a crime that he didn't commit. So he spent half of his life in jail coming back in time to uh, uh, deal with life outside of prison. But it's, it's unbelievable. The acting is great. And the name of the show is Rectify. Well, for me, you know, I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Brethren by Bob Woodward, who, you know, is famous, famous writer. Uh, and it's about the uh, Supreme Court in the uh, early 70s when they handled a lot of uh, cases. I mean, Roe v. Wade, probably the most well-known case they handled during that time. Mm. And uh, a lot of cases involving, um, you know, rights of criminal defendants and, and, and civil rights and a variety of things. And I'm a Supreme Court dork. I think it's fascinating, if you're in, especially if you're into uh, politics and, and, and court stuff, uh, the Brethren, uh, Bob Woodward. Uh, actually came out originally in the late 70s, uh, but that that's that's a book I've been reading. As far as TV, I finally got around to watching the two-part 30 for 30 that ESPN did on Michael Vick, which I thought was outstanding. Yeah, um, I saw that. And uh, especially if you don't really remember Michael Vick when he first came into the league or at Virginia Tech, and I remember him vividly at both, uh, and just what a, a force he was and how he was kind of – uh, you know, ahead of the curve when you think about the, you know, some of the quarterbacks now, like the Cam Newtons and the Russell Wilsons, Wilsons and people like that, and then obviously uh, had the downfall with with the dog fighting, and and then had to try and work his way back. Uh, I think it's very well done. I got HBO now on my Roku just solely so I could watch this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David, if you're a Seinfeld fan, of course he's a co-creator. Co You'll, you'll certainly appreciate Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's a very similar type show. And uh, also a uh, movie recommendation, you know, and not that I'm going out on a limb here because it won Best Picture, but Parasite, the Korean film, that's it's, it's subtitled One Best Picture. I think it's uh, an outstanding movie. I really enjoyed it. Those are my recommendations now. I'm sure as time continues, we'll all have a lot more recommendations. We will. Hopefully not that many. Hopefully uh, <laughs> things uh, iron out here pretty quickly and uh, we can get back to doing what we love. 
Hey, Blummer, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. Dude, anytime. You know that. Appreciate you. Well, thanks for listening to our Astros podcast. Uh, We're not sure how often we're going to do these. Uh, Obviously, uh, if you guys uh, give us great feedback on it and and let us know you enjoyed it, uh, we'll we'll try and do more of them. Again, you can email us at radio at astros.com. You can find Astros Radio on Twitter, Twitter as well. And, of course, Steve and myself are both on Twitter, as is Jeff Blum, for that matter. Uh, so if you want to uh, get a hold of us there and let us know what you think, feel free to do that. Steve, you have fun? I did. And, and Robert, three words. That's all I got to say. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Goodbye, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.